Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are now a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here. I'm joined by a cake of wisdom, knowledge, and flavor. That's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake VLC. LC, how's it going? Oh, man, it's going really well. We're starting to get some nice weather here in Maryland. Uh, good weather to be outside in. You know, we had a little cold stretch there. So I'm I'm outside as soon as I get off work every day. Um, still have to mow my grass. But uh, otherwise, you know, loving life, loving the uh, nighttime baseball watching. How about you guys? Are you a, a dad mower? Are you like the one that you have like the cargo shorts on? You got your podcast in your ears, you got your sunset, like your sunglasses on and you're just doing your thing. Are you the, the, the dad mower? I did not know that cargo shorts were out until you guys told me that. <laughs> so, um, so I still do own some cargo shorts, but I do not wear them when I'm going out. So yes, I do wear cargo shorts when I'm mowing, but I'm not leaving my house. So I feel like that's that's fair. Art the cargo shorts, lawn mower and dad. I like that's it. That's right. That's you, right. You'd be good in uh, Mike Carter's pod that he brought up the idea today. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I didn't. No. no it's like the middle aged men, like uh, on their. Uh, I, I'm gonna butcher it. It's like middle aged men, uh, complaining about things and on their uh, like on their front porches, talking about middle aged dad stuff or something. Like oh that. man, me, me and Mike Carter, we are simpatico. We are, we are cut <laughs> from the same cloth. It is, it's a hundred percent true. That's awesome. Well, we have a guy that's not part of that club here, and that is the guy that is not a Christian Yelich fan, and he lets everybody knows it. It's the Doc Eric Mendelson. What's going on, man? I don't know. If, I think you might talk more about Christian Yelich than I do. He's only hurt me one year. He's he's hurt you multiple years. Yeah, I feel like you've been more frustrated with him recently. Like you've shouted his name out on a couple of pods. I mean, it's not as frustrating as John Carlos Stanton, but he's getting to be on that list. <laughs> didn't, I think you admitted to me the other day, yesterday, you're finally going to admit uh, Garrett Cole is good. Garrett Cole is good. It took me oh, years and years oh. to admit this. He, <laughs> his, his one year in Pittsburgh where, where he had a, like a 4.7 RA was the one year I've drafted him. And it's plagued me ever since. And you now I'm ready to admit I was wrong. I guess, you know, when you throw a 12 strikeout game and you've been good for three years, I'm ready to admit I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Three near Cy Young Award years. And now you're finally admitting that Garrett Cole is good. You know, maybe, maybe if he actually won a Cy Young, I'd call him good. Maybe. The one, if the if one he joined person. the same club 
as uh, as uh, Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello, you'd be like, oh, I I agree, he's good. <laughs> the one person that cares about Doc's opinion. Yay! <laughs> that person's as loyal a person as you could ask for. Yeah, they are. They they stick by you through thick and thin. Uh, well, we got a lot planned for you guys tonight. We have the Injury Adventures Show. With injuries running rampant and seemingly affecting everyone's fantasy roster, we sit down today to figure out what the hell are we going to do. That starts with first figuring out why injuries are up the way that they are this year, and then diagnosing the potential severity of injured stars for your fantasy teams. So you know what to expect from these guys going forward. With this complex an episode, you know we need to bring in some smart individuals. Luckily, we have two of the best in the fantasy baseball injury game joining us in Derek Rhodes of Baseball Prospectus and Nick Savali of Fantrax HQ joining the show tonight, so make sure you stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, who is the most recognizable player in Major League Baseball, and our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, you guys aren't even looking at me. I just turned my thing on. You guys aren't even looking at me. Look at me! (laughs) <laughs> Look at me. I was getting ready for you to say, man, we're here to give it to you. That's so. where. There it is. You guys did it for me. I didn't have to say it today. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're just helping Amanda out. She doesn't have to hear you scream, let's do it, for one one Thursday evening. <laughs> uh, she she thanks you for that. I know right. she does. No problem. Uh, well, I got to start this, this news and notes off, news and, news and notes off with a, uh injury that came out today with Ronald Acuna running the first base on a ground ball to third, seemingly landing on the base wrong, his ankle turning, hopping, not putting weight on it. Ekrace came back negative. But as of right now, there hasn't been much about it yet. Uh, so there's not much we can really speculate on at this point. I would say, at least with how it looked, that you're probably going to see a short Elston at the very minimum. Uh, just for the fact he couldn't put any weight on it. So um, I don't think we can really speculate besides that what can go on. So we'll move past that. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. The Athletics awaited decision from the city of Oakland regarding their proposed $12 billion mixed-use development which basically includes a new waterfront stadium at Oakland's Howard Terminal, according all this according to Jeff Passan. Uh, right now, there's reports that they could be looking at alternatives if the uh, needs aren't met, Las Vegas being the biggest possibility right here. Cheesecake, how would you feel about them moving away from Oakland? Is that hurt the nostalgia factor, or are you, would you be for a Las Vegas uh, athletics? No, I, I'm against the Las Vegas athletics team. I, I, I mean, Oakland, the A's have been in, Philadelphia, they've been in Kansas City, and they've been in Oakland since the late 60s, I believe. Um, but Oakland is a very good fan base. They have a very good, you know, uh, uh, storied franchise there in Oakland. They've been competitive for a long, long time, had a lot of great runs uh, with their team there. One of the weird things is that they, they had a, they had like a stadium deal that was in like just south of Oakland, but the Giants somehow like had that territory. It's like, like an MLB, you can claim gang territories for where you're allowed to put a stadium. And that was in the Giants gang territory. So the Oakland A's were going to have a new stadium, like in the past 15 to 20 years or so. Like they've been trying to get 
the Giants to budge on letting them put a stadium in like San Jose or something like that. And the Giants wouldn't do it, almost as if the Giants were trying to bump them out of Oakland or bump them out of the area. But I do hope they stay in Oakland because Oakland A's fans I know are, are great fans. Uh, there's a lot a lot of really rabid A's fans, even if the A's don't really spend. My God, franchise. are you still talking? <laughs> Listen, you guys are troglodytes who don't know the history of the game, and I got to give it <laughs> for these people. All right, you were just staring into space, and I'm mouthing to David. Do it. Do it. Do it. Don't you, don't you know it's funny that I knew exactly what you were talking about without you saying it? I can't look at you, at you guys when I'm trying to make a point. It just dumbs me down a little too much. <laughs> fair Especially enough. me. I get it. That's fair enough. <laughs> Doc, let's move to the next thing here. The Yankees announced Tuesday they backdated Luke Voigt from the 10-day IL. He's been in the lineup the last couple of days. Uh, he led Major League Baseball in home runs last year. So this is a guy hitting 277 in the shortened season again the 22 home runs. Uh, it's been a big part of their lineup. What are you expecting from Luke Voigt going forward? Is uh you think the injury stuff is behind him, and are you expecting the prime Luke Voigt production? Well, I was going to say maybe the Yankees would ease him in, but of course they had a COVID outbreak, and Glaber Torres most notably is going to go on the IL, and they might not be able to rest him as often as they'd like. I don't expect him to play in the field every day at first, um, probably DHing a decent amount. Uh, let's see if he's healthy. I mean, when over a 60-game season, he did lead the majors in home runs, and when he's hot, he can really hit the ball. So, you know, it, it kind of seems like the Yankees are a strikeout or homer team. But when they're clicking and they're at Camden Yards this weekend, it's looking good. Yeah. And there's no Glaber to benefit that, though. So that kind of stinks. Uh, but another news, Dodgers infielder Edwin Rios is undergoing season-ending surgery on a partially torn labrum in his right shoulder. A lot of people had him as a breakout guy. And then obviously they signed Justin Turner and the rest was history. So he won't be back this season. Diamondbacks placed right-hander Zach Gallon elbow sprain, and first baseman Christian Walker with a right oblique uh, soreness on the 10-day IL. We're going to get into the stuff about Gallon during the show, so we'll save that for you later. The talking about stuff for the show later. That also with Braves right-hander Mike Soroka felt discomfort in his right Achilles, and he went uh, underwent exploratory surgery. It doesn't sound good. Um, so. We'll talk about him later, and we'll also talk about Cody Bellinger, who's making progress in his return from a hairline fracture in his left leg. And we'll also be talking about Jacob deGrom, who's put on the IL with right side tightness. So uh, we'll save the analysis for the show for those. But a couple other things. Jordan Zimmerman announced his retirement after 13 seasons. You'll remember him this time mostly with the Nationals and then his horrible time with the Tigers. I'm assuming, Doc, you remember the no-no. Do you have any lasting memories about that no-no? Uh, yeah. Uh, rare W for Nats fans prior to them winning the World Series. And he got the bag from Detroit and robbed them. And that's probably why they don't sign people to multi-year deals anymore. Yeah. And he got to retire in his hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So uh, good for him on that front. Uh, the Braves signed right-hander Tanner Roark to a minor league deal. So maybe he will get some work for them. I wouldn't rush to add him, though, by any means. And then the Mariners promoted outfielder star prospect Jared Kelnick for this first major league game going on tonight as we record Thursday against the Indians. 
remember, he was acquired in a trade for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano, which is going down as probably potentially one of the worst trades in history if Kelnick li- uh, lives up to his hype. Um, he was the sixth overall pick in the 2018 draft. He's been crushing AAA so far, uh, 444 with two home runs and 20 AAA appearances. So, uh, Cheesecake, top 20 outfield production from Kelnick the rest of the season. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I think that, uh, you know, we talked a lot about it on the Slack today, uh, about how, you know, I, my thoughts on Kelnick is that he could, he could completely deliver on the promise and not come close to being like a top 20 outfielder. He's going to get the time, but he could hit 250, he could hit 240, 15 home runs and a combined 90 to 100 runs plus RBIs, which is fine, but it's not special. But if he does that, you'd say, hmm. That's a good young player. I mean, you look at what uh, Griffey did his rookie year. It wasn't special. Look at how Trout came in, had a tough go of it coming in his rookie year. Wasn't special. These guys, you know, there's a lot of expectations. I think it's tough to live up to them. And if he does, if he does what Juan Soto did uh, in 2018, I want to say, amazing. Then he's then he's worth the massive amounts of fab you might spend on him. But if not, you know, you're getting, you know, it. it, it it's it's tough. I don't I don't think he's gonna be top twenty though. Okay. What about then let's stay with the Mariners and let's talk about Logan Gilbert, who also got the call and is starting tonight against the Indians here. Um he's their Cleveland player. baseball team, David. They actually are still calling themselves the Indians from what I've been seeing. Uh so we'll we're gonna stick with what I said. They uh he's their top pitching prospect. He was one of the sports premier pitching prospects, number twenty eight in the top hundred. According to MLB.com, he's got a four-pitch repertoire here, fastball, slider, curve, and change, projecting him as a potentially high-end number two starter in the major leagues. Cheesecake, I want to stay with you. What have you heard about Logan Gilbert? Because I'm I'm all aboard the Logan Gilbert trade, and I, I'm kind of mad I didn't buy him for a dollar in fab last week. I'm actually more interested in what you hear because, you know, my prospect game is a little bit weak. Um, so I'd love to hear what you have to hear, what you have to say about Logan. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'6". And as fastball gets up, it's usually around 93, 94, but it gets up to about 95, 96. Uh, uh, it's where you can get it up there to at least. And he's a guy that, again, I, I do potentially, I mean, he's, he's been talked about for a while. He's their number one pitching prospect. I do think he's a guy that is going to stick around the rest of this year. I don't see him getting sent down, even if he has a bad start. The Mariners do need some more pitching. And he's a guy that I think will give it to him. Um, he, you know, he has great control and, even though his his strikeout stuff isn't as what you would think necessarily, um, he's a guy that I, I do believe has a long future in the majors and will contribute this year. And probably one of the few guys that are going to be left going out in fab that you're going to want to spend a lot for pitching because um, you know there's the pitching call ups, but usually they don't have this much of a pedigree as he has. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm very intrigued with him. Uh, if you watch him, if, sometimes you just YouTube some of these guys and you just watch them pitch, and you can tell they just have. And he's one of those guys, at least for me. And I, obviously, I'm not alone because he's ranked so high. But um, keep an eye on Logan Gilbert. Uh, not being talked about quite as much as Jared Kelnick, but he'll he'll be a big part of that rebuild over in Seattle. But if you like hearing the Seattle Mariner hype type thing on your podcast, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to hear more Triple Play, we've got great news for you. We have a fantasy football and basketball show that you can check out. Go anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, have a hooking us up with a five-star rating and review. 
Check us out on social media at Trip Play Fantasy and the website tripplayfantasy.com. You'll see Doc tweet about things you don't care about, but gets interaction somehow. You'll also see tons of articles, videos, podcasts, and even some movie reviews. So make sure you check out the uh, all we're doing over here. I ju- I only tweet about Trevor Bauer, Max Muncy, Luis Castillo, <laughs> and Christian Yelich. No, this joke <laughs> is getting old for you guys. Not for me. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's nice and youthful. <laughs> Rem- remember what Dad always said: Why spend your entire year's paycheck on Disney World when you can go to Chuck E. Cheese? And I'd like to think we're like the Chuck E. Cheese of podcasts. We may not be the the athletic rates and barrels. I mean, if you pretend. I may sound like DVR, but uh, you know what? It's okay. We're the, the discounted version, and I will take that. And yes, I did find out Chuck E. Cheese is still open. For those that are coming at me that say that it is not open, there are Chuck E. Cheese's still out there. They filed so, for bankruptcy. That's a difference. But they're still open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're open. Yeah, so I'll be taking my kids. Get you some cheese pizza. They have good pizza, don't they? Pretty decent. Yeah. Not bad. Are you? Have you taken Noah uh, and, the, and the Jacob there? No, I haven't. I haven't. I'm trying to keep them away from uh, bright lights and loud situations as much as possible because uh, I don't want to go crazy. It's fair enough. Fair. I'll uh, make sure when I have kids, I take them enough for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you have kids, my kids will go with you. <laughs> that's not what I said. But no, no. I thought that's what you were saying. Uh, before we go down this rabbit hole we'll get out of here thank you everybody for supporting us whether you just listen to the podcast you watch us live on twitter you interact with us in some way every single week we appreciate every single one of you and we're going to jump into the injury adventures with Derek Rhodes and Nick Savali right after this quick break you ready? showtime on May 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later? let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Woo! What's going on, everybody? Coming at you live tonight. You see a ugly man's face on screen in the middle. There's the doc. A handsome fellow on the right, that's Cheesecake. How you fellas doing? David, can I just say that for once, you're ugly. I usually give you a compliment. You always say I'm ugly. You are very ugly tonight. Uh, Well, thank you. Uh, But (laughs) I love seeing your guys' faces, but there are some prettier people and some more impressive people that we have joining the show tonight. I'd like to introduce the first guy here. We welcome in a man. That in all honesty, it would take two of my brains to equal how smart this guy is. He's a, a CPA, does injury data and visuals for baseball prospectus, and does best ball content and draft sheets at jagfantasysports.com. You may know him from his injury dashboards, and he drafts best balls like they're going out of style. This man is not a doctor, but may give you white coat syndrome when you see him as he provides heart-pumping baseball analysis. We welcome in Derek Rose. What's going on, man? What is happening? That is a fantastic intro, as you're well known for. I love that you let everybody know, not a doctor. Common misconception. It's like in my Twitter handle, but very much not a doctor. Yeah, I was going to say, is that new? Because I was like, I felt like I went a couple months back and that wasn't there. Has that been there a while? Uh, so 
I just realized since I do injury stuff and the the first part of my Twitter handle is DR, I was like, I need to address this. My Twitter <laughs> handle's been like this is like an old thing from like when I was in college before I ever was a like someone who it mattered what my Twitter handle was. And I just feel like I can't change it now. And so I was like, I need to be very clear with people. Like I am not a doctor. <laughs> No, I, when I read that, uh, I was like, I was just laughing. That's that's hilarious, but it makes sense. Uh, join in. Also, we have another special guest here. It wasn't just enough with one. And this guy, we welcome in a man that throws heat on the mound, but also can apply heat wherever you need it. He's a doctor of physical therapy, author of the Fantrax Injury Report, and a Quinnipiac baseball alum. This former pitcher is a proud big bro of another former triple play guest this offseason. Just this time, we get to see his face. Because we didn't get to see his player's face on, or his brother's face on the screen. We welcome in NC Hammer, Nick Savali. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's good. I've never heard NC Hammer. I like that, though. That's a good one. I figured you were going to bring the, uh, the hammer hitting analysis. NC's kind of close to MC, so. Cool. I like it. Stretch. But, uh, yeah, you fellas are really, I'm pumped to have you guys here because we talked a little bit before the show that you guys are going to be bringing stuff from two different perspectives here, right? Like, Derek's got the trends and Nick, you just have the, the, the knowledge just from being a PT of, of these injuries. So I think everybody that's listening to the pod or watching is going to be able to understand what's going to be happening with guys we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, but I'm curious for both of you guys, uh, if you just want to give a little bit of background, how you got into the fantasy baseball space and, and what you do, uh, Derek, starting with you, uh, just sure. let everybody know about it. Yeah. So, um, I started, I've been playing best ball fantasy. Uh, that's kind of been my, my, my game for a few years now. Uh, and, um, it was going well. And I was like, you know, I started getting into data visualization for the best ball stuff. And then I was kind of bored one off season and I started digging into injury data. And I was like, I just want to make something that looks cool. Uh, and then that has turned into a lot more, um, <laughs> to the point where it was beyond just a hobby. Now I, that's what I do for baseball prospectus is I help uh, maintain their in- injury database, kind of categorize, uh, bring it all in, uh, make sure that, you know, we're kind of seeing the trends, help them create visuals and stuff like that. Um, and so that's kind of what I do for them. And I continue to do best ball stuff. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I will bombard you with uh, updates on fan tracks and BB tens and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of where I come from. Yeah. And, and again, one of the smartest guys in the space, anytime you put something out, you get to must, must read, must look at. On New Twitter. drinking game. Every time David calls Dare or uh, Derek Smart, we take a shot. Oh, you'll be dead. So <laughs> drunk already. Dead. It's too late. <laughs> uh, Nick, what about you, man? I feel like uh, everybody knows you. Obviously, you do such great PT work and and um, and injury analysis. How did you get into the fantasy baseball space? Yeah, it was uh, pretty casual. Just introduction to fantasy is usually just high school friends playing fantasy ball. Um, and pretty much every league I'm in now is just, I knew someone who was in a league who needed a manager. I took over and then this past year just really started playing a lot more dynasty leagues. And, uh, and then Chris Clegg over with fan tracks was in one of those leagues and started talking to him about writing and listening to more podcasts like you guys and all the other great ones out there. And then it's just all of a sudden it's a bigger part of my life. And here we are as Pretty much uh, what I spend my free time looking at is, is baseball and uh, try to distract myself from being nervous about watching Aaron and stuff like that. So take a look at the rest of the league and what they're doing. That's awesome. How fast? Well, first of all, what did you top out at when you were at Quinnipiac? Was it, uh, were you, uh, did you throw 90? No, I, I was really uh, an infielder there mm-hmm. and I ended up 
kind of moving around corner outfield. And then it, it took four years, but I convinced my coaches to let me pitch a little relief by the end. So I honestly never even got under a radar gun. They were so reluctant to let me pitch, but uh, it was probably like low 80s or, or 80 poo, as they say. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw um, one of my friends sent a, a video of me of a high school prospect throwing 88. And you mm. see it like up close. You're like, holy crap. That's yeah. insanely fast, but that's way below average for a major leaguer. It's just it's nuts. Mm. So I still give you the fact that you could throw in the 80s is just it's insane, yeah. man. It's a guess. I don't know for sure, but uh, yeah, it was it was one time. I never I never got up to anywhere near where where I needed to to get to the next level. Though. Infield, outfield, and relief pitcher. That multi position flexibility. Wow. Yeah, it was. I had a lot of different gloves. You're more yeah. uh, you're more valuable than Otani. No, no, <laughs> no. I was. I like. I like. I always loved Ben Zobris. That was the guy. Who mm, that's I a good one. To be like, yeah. So that, love that the utility to, guys. That appeals to the Cubs fan in the top right corner of the screen for sure. Oh, there you go. Uh, oh yeah. But, but so, like I said, we brought you guys on specifically because right now baseball is just all over the place. Fantasy baseball, real life baseball. There's injuries everywhere. And Ken Rosenthal did a great piece for the Athletic, breaking down the increased IL since course non-covid related they're up this was according to the article put out last week they were up 15 percent overall in the first month from 2019 including 22 percent uptick among pitchers specifically the soft tissue injuries such as hamstring quads oblique injuries they've nearly doubled in frequency while arm and elbow injuries they're up a little bit more but uh not quite as much so i think it's around like 19 percent uh but i'm just very curious because right now I'm just scared who's going to be the next guy going on the list here. And uh, so we're going to go down this injury adventure together because I don't know where this is headed. This this could be headed for like a volcano. This could be headed for green pastures. I don't know. Uh, so hopefully you guys can help our listeners and, and everybody watching feel better about the guys that we're going to talk about here. Um, but before we talk about the players, my first question, and I will start with you, Nick. Uh, why do you feel like they've been up so much this year? Was it just the fact that with the shortened season last year, it's been a lot longer since they've been able to ramp up. And what what are your, why do you think injuries are up more than they were last year? I think part of it is that the season was a little shorter last year and uh, guys had to really train on their own for the first, what would have been three months of the season. So you can do as much as you want and try to work out every day and follow your program, but you're not going to be around the facilities, the other therapists, the athletic trainers, team doctors, and just having that perspective of seeing my brother going and he's doing everything he can, it's still not being with the team, with the training room, having that third-person perspective on what you're doing. So that's part of it. But um, something that I really think is a big part of the game is people are swinging harder, throwing faster, running faster. Everything is about how fast can you get the ball moving on the field. And regardless of the length of the season last year, I think it's it's only natural for us to expect an increase in injuries because of that. Uh, there's so much pressure on guys coming out and topping out. And you, you guys like Madison Bumgarner thrown in the low 90s isn't the norm anymore where he used to be like king of the league and I don't even know if last season had all that much to do with 
how many injuries there are now. I think that's a bigger factor is, is just the pressure on getting velocity, whether it's off the bat or, or out of the hand. What do you think, Derek? Are you similar with Nick in that, or is there another thought that you had as in regards to why it could be? Uh, hey, I'm going to kill my camera for a minute because I think I'm causing some lag. But uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I definitely you know rely more on, on guys like Nick and, and people with the medical background to, for the why. Um, you know, I do think they're definitely still um, not in normal patterns. Like players are still, we still have, the, you know, the COVID, uh, all the health and safety protocols, like it's not the same rhythm. So I have to think that has to play a role to some extent. Um, there are some guys who had, um, I think uh, quite a few more guys who had lingering like surgeries and things like that last year. So like that is what has, you know, I think that kind of like brought us, started us off on the wrong foot. If you, you know, like some kind of holdover guys, like a great example would be uh, like Joe Kelly. He had a surgery late last year, misses a bunch of the season. Um, you know, all of our Tommy John guys, uh, we had a few more than usual last year. So like that kind of stuff started us on the wrong foot. Um, but it does seem like the soft t- tissue injuries. I mean, it's not, doesn't seem like it. They're definitely up. Um, you know, David, you kind of pointed out the stats and like the one I really watch a lot is like how many more guys are on the IL right now compared to this time last year. Uh, and when I looked this morning, it was like, uh, you know, between 25 and 30%, kind of depending on if you include COVID guys, don't include COVID guys, um, which is, that's a big jump year over year. Um, and if you kind of look at the trajectory we're on, we're, we're going to have more guys on the IL this year than at any point last year. If we continue kind of, if we continue and last year, I think people thought, man, this is crazy. You know, all these guys we have on the COVID IL, all this stuff, like we're, we're kind of on pace to eclipse that. Um, so it's definitely interesting. Um, you know, I, I do wonder how, you know, if we'll see it chill out, like the hope, maybe guys, um, kind of settle in, they're not pushing as much, or maybe they kind of, you know, all right, now we've kind of refigured out our rhythms and we see it kind of die down a little bit, but I'm a little concerned that come summertime, we're going to see some more wear and tear injuries. Um, guys who are stretching out way past what they did the previous year or maybe setting career highs or things like that. I'm wondering if we're going to see a peak of some of that kind of stuff come this summer. Yeah, it's a good thought to add that in there. And, that, and well, it's because just because something hasn't happened, it doesn't mean that it couldn't create more problems down the road uh, with kind of the effects of transitioning from last year to this year. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to dive into some of these guys because maybe it's right now they're hurt. Maybe outlook for them looks better down the road um so let's let's talk about guys right now that i think everybody's worried about and what better way to do it than this that's the, you guys know where that's from right one more time come on nick i know you know where that's from oh that's, i don't know is that a no, video game no or something yeah like, it's, when, it's when uh it's in super mario when he gets hit he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that's half a second. I don't know how you expect us to know that. <laughs> it's such an iconic sound. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're throwing up. <laughs> I figured it fit well to start this off here. Uh, so let's start the first guy, and that's Zach Gallon, who wasn't originally on this list. And then boom goes the dynamite because last night he gets pulled from his start, and you're hearing mixed things. Uh, I, I see. Uh, Bob, good old Bob tweeting stuff out there, but I know better than to listen to what he says. So, uh, let's start out with you, Derek. Zach Gallon, are you worried about his outlook for the rest of the season, or what do you what do you think is going to happen with Zach Gallon? I mean, you have to be worried. Uh, you know, they're saying a sprain. Uh, you know, depending on on what kind of 
you know, we get some kind of, when you get the coaches up there, sometimes they say something and you're kind of trying to parse their words to understand what they're saying. Uh, you know, we're hopeful that this isn't, you know, they, they made a you know, specific, uh, they tried to specify, you know, which part of, uh, you know, the elbow is injured and Nick can probably speak more to the difference between, you know, why one might be better versus other, you know, especially when you're talking around the UCL, but like, I mean, we've been down this road before as fantasy players, you have something elbow related, even if the initial injury isn't, Hey, you're going to need the UCL replacement or, you know, we're going to try these things. You know, the guy tries to come back, maybe something changes in his mechanics or maybe it just, you know, like eventually we get down the road where, Oh, we're back on the IL again. So if you're not concerned, I think, I think you probably cause you just haven't had it happen to you yet. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know. It's not the end of the world yet. Um, you know, you know, you hope you come back, but I'm I'm not encouraged. Nick, what are your thoughts on Zach Gallon? I think I remember seeing you tweet something out about it actually yesterday. Um, what do you think about his outlook? Yeah, this is much scarier than the initial injury he underwent, where he had the stress fracture mm-hmm. in the forearm bone. Um, it, to me, their their attempt at making it sound kind of like a minor injury was <laughs> was a bunch of fluff. Um, right, like trying to make us uh, feel better. <laughs> yeah, like a minor sprain of a section of the UCL is what they said. Um, he sprained his UCL. I don't know, like you could put all the little adjectives in there you want, but the, the structure that needs to be repaired with Tommy John surgery currently has a sprain. There's no other way to look at it. Um, and a lot of people have asked, like, sprain versus strain and it's it's really just a a micro tear or even a bigger tear a sprain is for a ligament a strain is for a muscle um so and a a tendon yeah Mm -hmm. so the muscle and tendon are kind of one long piece together and the tendon bookmarks the muscle and that's the attachment to the bone a ligament is just bone ligament bone so there's no muscle, there's no flexion or extension involved in it. Um, so that's the difference between a, a strain and a sprain, if, if people are wondering about that. But yeah, I mean, this is something that they could treat conservatively and try the PRP, uh, the injections to try to help healing. They could do the, the Tanaka method and, and see if that sustains. But uh, a young pitcher like this, it's kind of worrisome. If I had him in a dynasty, I'd just be waiting for that day where they're like, uh, ah, it's time. He's, he's got to have surgery now. So that's really scary. I hope, um, I hope they can be conservative enough with him so they're not going to rush him back and, and mess him up. And so, and, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Derek. I'm sorry. I was going to say two things. One, I think sometimes, and, and this is, I, I have to constantly remind myself strain versus sprain. And I do like, I am classifying this stuff all the time. But one thing that I think it happened a lot around Tommy John is like, you know, initial um, injury will be like a forearm strain or to be above the elbow. It might be an upper arm strain. And then people associate strain and, and Tommy John when we're talking about the UCL, which is a ligament. So, um, but I think sometimes we, there's like four different um, descriptions that team will use that'll end up in Tommy John eventually. And so sometimes I think, just as fantasy baseball players, it's hard to keep all that straight because teams aren't always clear. Uh, but the other thing I would say is like, I don't know. You got to have, you have to hold out hope if you're playing this year. I don't think you can, I don't think you can like move on or anything. They're talking about waiting a couple weeks. You just have to play this out. Yeah. Um, so my question then, if you guys could sell them for 25 cents on the dollar right now, 
Would you do it or are you going to hold tight? What do you think, Derek? I mean, uh, yeah, uh, 25 cents is tough. I mean, like at that point, how much value are you really getting? And is it worth um, the, the potential that maybe he is like, you know, the one in, you know, 10 or one in, you know, five chance that he comes back and finishes the season with no more problems, you know, uh, three or four weeks from now? Like, is that worth 25 cents on the dollar? I don't know. I think that's going to be kind of based on your risk tolerance. If you're, you know, if you're kind of, um, if your pitching staff isn't great, I don't think getting 25 cents on the dollar is going to make your pitching staff better. Uh, but if you have a little bit of cushion in the pitching staff and you, you say, look, I just want some more stability, then maybe I would make that move. Okay, fair enough. Let's move to the next guy here then. And I know Cheesecake wanted to talk about this guy next. So I'll let him intro the next one here. Yeah. Um, Mike Soroka just recently got some bad news. Uh, a lot of people drafted him. He was his ADP was one seventy five throughout the draft season on on NFBC leagues. A lot of people were expecting him to be ready, possibly for opening day, possibly May first. Uh, yesterday or two days ago, they announced the announced that he's going to have exploratory surgery on his Achilles because he had some discomfort in it. Uh, what are we thinking about? Uh, uh, Mike Soroka and his Achilles, are we going to see him on the field this year, in your guys' opinion? The art is not a host, so I'll direct it for him. Nick, go ahead. You can answer first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this one's this is another scary one for me because um, the discomfort's bad enough that they can't identify where it's occurring. If it's in the tendon or if it's where the tendon is attaching to the bone, is it the sutures from the surgery didn't kind of fix the right way? Um, the fact that they're going in and re-looking at it is something that, yeah, I think there's a there's a fairly decent chance he doesn't pitch this year. Um, and and this is sad because he and Gallon are two of my favorite guys to watch. Like I I, I love the control pitchers who induce ground balls. Like they, they're the guys I like to watch, and I'd love to be optimistic about it. Um, and of course it could go great. They could go in and just say, no, it's just some inflammation. We'll come out of there. We'll give them another three to four weeks and we'll, we'll have them back for the second half. That's definitely possible. But when I imagine they've already tried conservative methods, they're not going to jump right to surgery. They don't want to go through and, and open up, cause more scar tissue. So this seems to me like it's a, oh crap moment. We got to go check it out. And, uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling great about his chances this year. Derek, are you the same? I have have a specific question for Derek. Uh, Given the range of Achilles injuries, what is is the top-end timeline you've seen on these types of Achilles recoveries? And what what about average timeline? Um, There's not a ton of these. Um, Achilles injuries are not as, you know, not super common, and they're all rough. I don't think there's been an Achilles... Uh, injury like that where guys like uh, maybe I'm trying to think Adam Wainwright would be an example. I believe he tore his Achilles. He's but mm-hmm. he took a, I think he took the full year. Um, so as far as timeline, I mean, it would not. I don't think h- taking a you know now he's going on like a year and a half. Like I don't think that's you know completely uncommon. Although his is more complicated than others. Uh, but Achilles injuries aren't great. It seems like we're they're better than they used to be. I think you know I'm. I've only been doing this for, you know, a few years, but I think, you know, maybe five to 10 years ago, a guy tore his Achilles and it's like, that was like maybe the seat, like the career, um, mm-hmm. depending on the you know position. So it's, it's not quite that. Um, my issue is even if the Achilles injury is healthy, like even if he comes back, 
he's already had another shoulder issue while recovering from the Achilles. And this is yeah. the second time having major, he had a, a whole season where he was off and on shoulder issues. So, you know, I just worry guy trying to recover from something this big, another injury happens while he's trying to recover. Like I, I can't see it this season. And even if he did come back this season, I wouldn't feel good about it. If I'm, if I'm somebody who's willing, you know, who's, who's banking on him in any stretch. Doc, why don't you give us our next guy? Two depressing ones so far. Is this one going to be any better? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm uh, pulling a guy that always seems to be on the injury report, and that's Steven Strasburg. His shoulder inflammation, he's been out since mid-April. Um, you know, a guy that's had a laundry list of arm injuries besides his contract here. Only made two starts in 2020. Um, he did throw a bullpen session, I think a 65-pitch um, simulated appearance. So, Derek, what are your thoughts on him moving forward? Are you optimistic that he'll be healthy, hopefully, the rest of the year? Um, I can't say I'm optimistic, um, but you know, I I think it's possible. Um, you know, he's obviously he's coming off the the surgery, the um, carpal tunnel surgery from the off season. I still don't know if we know 100 percent that that is like he's golden from that. Um, the shoulder inflammation, you worry about shoulders with pitchers. We see a lot of guys who have shoulder issue and then they're on the IL again later that season with the shoulder issue. Um, so that's something I worry about. Um, but you know, it's, he's an older guy, you know, we kind of, his health history is known. Um, I think I am about the same level of worried as I was before with Steven Strasburg, which is you know kind of high compared to most pitchers. But if he comes back and his, his velocity is, is relatively normal, then I'm feeling about the same as I do about him, which isn't to say I feel great about him making it through the season. But I don't think it's worse than maybe what it was coming into the season. Maybe he just needs to be in a contract here every year. Nick, do you feel <laughs> the same way? Yeah, no. Well, isn't it sad that Strasburg's old now? Right? Oh, my God. Going to be 33 in July. Yeah, that's that's a little scary remember his debut um yeah i i think so i kind of have a theory on on what's going on with the shoulder and i think it has to do with some kind of compensation coming back from the the carpal tunnel i i think the projections this going back to last season the projections to have him coming back potentially for the beginning of the season my first reaction was there's no there's no way i mean the guy is basically going to be in a cast not moving his hand four to six weeks, he's got to build up all this forearm muscle. He's got to get back in, basically start from scratch. And if your forearm's not giving you 100%, you got to overcompensate at the elbow or shoulder joint, usually. Um, he's already had elbow issues, and that, that seems fine. But I wouldn't be surprised if this specific shoulder injury comes from some kind of compensation. And it's a lot to assume for me without knowing exactly which muscle is strained and and it, without watching his bullpens and all this stuff. But it only adds up. I, I just I couldn't believe the initial projections of him coming back healthy to start the year. So I can't say I'm totally surprised, but I do think once they figure out the shoulder, if, if he can just finally get to the end of rehabbing the forearm and the carpal tunnel, I think he can come back and be as healthy as he ever was for the rest right. of the year, at least. Okay. So some positivity there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I like it. I mean, I think anytime you draft Strasburg, you're definitely always concerned that the injury factor is there. Uh, so it's not like it's super surprising for a lot of people. What's kind of been going down so far. This next guy, 
please, 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 please give me positive news, guys. Uh, to say this guy's been incredibly frustrating is an understatement. That's Christian Yelich. He hit the 10-day IL for the second time because of ongoing back troubles dating back to before this year, not even just this year. Uh, he's set to be, undergo a rehab assignment, I read today. So I guess that's positive, but I'm wondering if that's too soon. Uh, they, I know they already had come out and said uh, they weren't even sure what's going on, which was never exactly positive to see. But I mean, he's been healthy this year. I mean, he's been hitting 353, 463, 382 slash. I mean, so uh, 10 hits in 41 games, not, or uh, 41 hits in 10 games, or 41 plate appearances in 10 games, excuse me. Uh, so he's been productive when he's been in there. Nick, please. What do you got for what do you got for Christian Yelich? Because I got a lot of Christian Yelich this year. Yeah, uh, this is another. This one's a mysterious one, right? Because they don't even know what's going on, and and they have all the MRI, CAT scan, X-ray, every type of medical equipment you could want. Um, the lower back's kind of tricky because it could be a bulging disc, it could be a misalignment with your sacrum, and your spine sitting on your sacrum kind of funny. It can be a referred pain from an organ like your kidneys or something. Like it's, there's so many possibilities. And the fact that they have not figured out what it is yet is a little scary. Um, I'm not really worried about his performance if he can start feeling better. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he, his performance is affected other than he's been kept saying it's painful. It's yeah, not like, it's a big deal. Yeah. They're not saying he's like, there's weakness there's no pain coming down his leg um i don't know if this has to do with just chronic issues from him kind of changing his bat path swinging more up the last few years and uh, maybe the the hip flexibility hasn't been able to account for that yet or something but this one i i wish i could give a clearer answer but this one it seems like they don't even know why so um i have a few shares of him too so i'm hoping for the best but i'd love to see him back soon so this isn't as simple as giving him a cortisone shot and just <laughs> go doesn't away. seem like it now, unless he wants to like that's the that's the senior year strategy, right? Like just <laughs> let's make it feel better. I'm gonna get to the end of the year, and then if he was like on his last year, his his career maybe, but nah, I don't think so. Oh man, Derek, what do you think? Well, on the way they're talking about it, it, it's all right. Yeah, he's going on a rehab assignment. They're like, he's gonna get two at bats, and we're gonna see how it goes. Like. It seems like it's very much a pain tolerance thing, and the issue is not day one. It's the ability to do it the next day and the next day. I mean, like, even when he came off the IL last time, he had a couple games, he was fine, then he missed a game, played a game, and then they're like, okay, he can't keep doing this. Um, so, man, I, I don't know what to say. You know, you, you hope for the best. Um, again, I don't think this is the kind of situation where you're just like, well, I'm done with, with Christian Yelich, and we'll just, you know, cut our losses. Um, I think this is going to be something you kind of manage throughout the year. And, you know, until we know more, it's hard to, it's hard as fantasy owners. I think you're again, going to have to just ride this, ride this out a little bit. Um, I think my, my view on the best case situation is he, uh, he rehabs, he comes back, he gets more rest than usual. Um, maybe there's another short IL set later in the year uh, and they just try and manage this. Um, that's without knowing what's actually going on. That's just based on what they're saying is, you know, he's, you know, what we hear. Um, I think that's kind of the best case scenario, a little bit like what they did with Ryan Braun, uh, when, um, the last couple of years where they just kind of tried to manage, uh, his body. Obviously, Christian Yelich is nowhere near that old. So, you know, you hope that that's, this is something they can get figured out. 
So, Derek, I offer you my Jared Kelnick for your Christian Yelich. Are you accepting? Probably. Like, like I, you know, um, and uh, that's more because I think that manage, having to, to try and roster manage through this is going to be rough. It, it doesn't mean that I necessarily think uh, Kelnick will be better than, than, than Yelich as the, season, as the season unfolds. But at this point, one of them is healthy right now. And I will probably take a the discount and just take the younger guy who's healthy. That's fair enough. I, I probably would too at this point. Uh, putting Yelich in and out on the IL just been getting mentally exhausting. So even just that alone, to have to avoid doing that. Uh, next guy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cheesecake, I'll be interested. Um, Trevor Bauer, uh, excuse me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Sorry, I just wanted to remind David he traded Trevor Bauer for Christian Yelich earlier this year. Okay, hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, let's, it's my let's, turn let's, to talk, David. It's my turn to talk. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, Save the rest of the trade. There's more to everybody, it. Uh, everybody said that trade was a steal. I got Luis Castillo and Christian Yelich for Trevor Bauer and Max Muncy. Turns out you got the worst end of it. I got the horrible. They're both, they're both awful. I love that deal awful. a few weeks ago, though. Yeah, it's that's not a great one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I want to talk about Jacob Degrom. Uh, Dave McDonald just popped on here. He's a guy who uh, Dave McDonald had, had some trouble with his his uh, possible injury profile, and Degrom has had some injuries. Uh, just just doing some research, he was saying, you know, he missed a start last week with lat inflammation, and this time they took him out after five innings because he said he was having trouble, quote unquote, getting where he wanted with his delivery, and he didn't want to hurt his arm. So they uh, he's scheduled to come back May twenty first. Uh, what's our outlook, Nick? I guess on May twenty first, do you think he's going to make that? Uh, and about these oblique injuries, uh, they seem to be this type of soft tissue injuries that linger. Is this going to be something that's going to be cropping up again and again? Um, I think I think the oblique injury is is one of the hardest ones to go off of because um, there are two separate sections of your oblique there's an external and internal oblique for either side of your your core and they kind of crisscross like that um so it really depends which one is injured and and it's a, this is one of the toughest things about kind of re- reporting and writing about this stuff is mm-hmm. the teams don't have to divulge anything really that we're lucky to get what we get but uh it's it's really hard to say because it depends on what part of the the motion he's doing is when when that certain obliques firing, but um, considering going off what I'm going off of his previous years, he's managed his own injuries pretty well, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't think the Mets managed their general starting rotation all that well, he seems to be on top of what he needs. And for him to say, "I could do it, but it's not what I want it to be," that that is a clue to me that says, "All right, he's being very conscientious about this." and I'm pretty optimistic about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop him out of the Beaver Cole category if I'm not trading him for 
not even 95 cents on the dollar. I, I'd 100% hold him on him. I'm, and I'm in full agreement there. I, you know, this is a guy who's had nagging things year after year. And I know, you know, Dave popped in a minute ago. Uh, you know, his, his kind of perspective is that like, Hey, a lot of times we see these nagging things and sometimes something big happens after years of nagging things. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it, it's always possible. Um, you know, the fact that the Mets, like, we aren't even super clear what this is. So it's hard to be, you know, they've said back, they've said lat, they've said, you know, like side, you know, and there's a lot, there's a lot that that could mean. Um, but the fact that, you know, and then they, you know, we get the clean MRI for whatever that means when we don't know what we're, you know, what we're looking at. I think that's always great. Um, but, uh, I think the fact that he's on the IL is a good thing. Rest, let him figure out, you know, when he's ready as opposed to the Mets saying, Hey, you know, let's get you back out there, Jake. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with DeGrom. I think you, you got him, you ride him, and he, I think he's going to be, uh, I don't think this injury is going to be, uh, an issue for the season. That doesn't mean something else couldn't happen later, but I'm pretty confident he comes back. So, so, so Derek, talk about, to Noah <laughs> <laughs> about that, that, that theory that sort of injury begets more injury. Uh, is there, is that, play out in your analysis of injuries, Derek? So it's hard. Um, people who are much smarter than I am have done lots of research on injuries and they have not, you know, there is no like, Hey, this definitely predicts injuries. We have things that right. um, increase risk. There are mechanisms that, you know, things get off. You can have increased risk, but there's no, there's no formula that says, you know, this is what we see. Um, Jeff Zimmerman has done some great research about um, performance related risk. So, uh, guys who have a certain amount of injuries uh, tend to perform. Uh, they they age quicker performance wise, uh, and he's found that uh, after a certain amount of time on the IL, that the, those players on average tend to um, decline quicker than other players. But that's not necessarily the same as saying that those players would get hurt more more likely to get hurt. Um, so, you know, we know pitchers are have uh, a high risk of injury in general. I think you know. Most people would say like previous injury is probably the, the best indicator we have of future injury just because of the way that it logically flows. As in, you know, hey, I was hurt. Maybe I changed something. Maybe I don't actually get all healthy, things like that. Um, you know, we do see guys who have repetitive soft tissue injuries and you, you know, you kind of wonder about that sometimes, but I don't know if we can definitively say like, uh, one way or the other, you know, which is different than guys who are actually hurt, like, Guys like um, Denelson Lamette who are coming off injury and have not, we have not yet seen them healthy. It's, it's different to say, like, I'm concerned about this guy's future health than a guy who is currently healthy. Um, so it doesn't mean that there isn't injury, uh, players who have increased injury risk or who aren't more likely to be injured. I just, at this point, I don't know that we have the data to, to say specifically who those players are. Fair enough. Um, Doc, who's the next guy that you want to talk about here? So we talk about obliques, and this is a guy that had an oblique strain to begin the year. Now he has a strained quad. He's doing his best John Carlo Stanton impersonation, hurting every part of his body, and that's George Springer, who was placed on the IL May 5th with no timetable. He's played four games as a DH this year. He's in the first year of his six-year $150 million contract. So, Derek, I'm, I'm interested. What do you think the timeline is for his recovery? Do you think the Blue Jays are maybe conservative and have him sit out a while? Yes. Um, the fact that he came back and even when he came back, they were talking about DHing him, easing him in. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying they rushed him back, but it does make me a little concerned that like, 
like when he came back, even after all that time being off, it wasn't like he hit the ground running. I'm good to go. Um, so that concerns me. I do think they'll take it easy. Uh, you just look at, at uh, George Springer's history. He's had a lot of different things go on. He's had some quad issues that have drug out. He missed uh, 2014, 70 days due to a quad. Uh, he's had some hamstring injuries that kept him out for a while. So like, this isn't completely unusual territory. Um, so I gotta think they're going to kind of make sure that he is 100%. I wouldn't even be shocked if when they do bring him back, he's not DHing for a while, um, which I think they've kind of alluded to them being o- open to doing, even though they already have a bajillion DHs, uh, or, or at least rowdy. Um, but, uh, you know, I do think, I do think it's going to be a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a men 10, men 10 day stay. Nick, if you're a George Springer owner, you likely had to uh, pick him in the earlier rounds. Are you trading him or are you holding on to him? Uh, I'm holding on. And uh, partly because he's in the American League and they do have that DH. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I'm very biased to get with, for George Springer. I played a lot against him growing up, uh, high school and college. And you compared him to Giancarlo, he's built like Giancarlo too. That dude looked like a major leaguer since he was 16. He was oh like, my God. He, he, he just, the, the ball coming off his bat was different than anyone I'd ever played against. And for that reason, I'm probably biased, but I will forever <laughs> value him as, as high as possible. But in a purely objective standpoint, the DH is a big deal. If he was on an NL team, I might be saying, well, they're going to probably pull what uh, the, the Brewers might pull with Yelich and, and sit him a day every mm-hmm. every series or something like that, not have him play in the double headers. Uh, but, you know, it seems like that oblique has, has kind of healed up, and that's, that's about the right timetable with what we could have expected. And he's had quad issues in the past. He's come back. He still has his one – her 162 numbers are, like, ridiculous. And I, I – I don't think enough people know about what his per game stats are. And they're really, he, he has the potential to be a top 10 fantasy hitter per game. Um, and I think he can get back to it. He's dealt with this stuff before. And that's another part of injuries is it's a real mental toll on somebody. And he's done it before. He's come back from it. Um, and he's continued that the success levels that he started his career with. So he's one guy, whether it's, subjective or objective, I, I still believe in and I wouldn't be trading. So if somebody offered you Randy or Rosarena for him straight up at this point in the season, nope? Nope. Okay. Um, nope. Derek, I'm interested. Is an oblique injury for a pitcher more detrimental to them down the road than a hitter, or is it about equal? Um, you know, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, Neither are super great because of the, re- the chance for repetitiveness, like, you know, the chance for uh, a tweak. Um, I think we see it more with hitters. Um, and I assume it's just because of hit, like the, the, mm-hmm. the violence and hitting and it's a sudden violence. It's not like, you know, um, and so I worry about it more for hitters than I do for pitchers. Um, it, it kind of the, my, if I'm worrying for hitters, it's obliques and hamstrings. And then for pitchers, it's anything arm to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know that it's worse for one than the other outside of that, that we did, we see it a lot more in hitters than we do pitchers. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously with the, the constant swinging also, that makes, that makes sense. Uh, Nick, I want to go back to you for this guy because you put out a video. This is actually what inspired me to put this guy on the list besides having him as well on a couple of leagues. Tom Marte, 
who was destroying the ball before he got hurt. He had a .7 F war in six games, hitting .462. Uh, just off to an incredible start. That hamstring injury happened on April 8th and hadn't heard too much since. I know that some news recently has been coming out about him potentially going on a rehab assignment. Um, I, but I specifically remember seeing you tweet something out about him decelerating uh, after going mm-hmm. on a full sprint and problems with that. Can you explain what you were talking about there? Yeah, um, hamstring injuries have a lot to do with uh, decelerating, so slowing down from coming from full speed. Uh, some people will pull a hamstring at the beginning of their run, but I have a lot of history of pulling my hamstrings and, and partial tears, and it's almost always when you're 40, 50-plus feet and you're starting to slow down or you're trying to sustain that max speed. Um, what I saw in that video was he he was rounding first base, just doing some drills, and um, he just seemed really, really ginger, trying to slow himself down. His knees were not very flexed. He was pretty upright. And someone made a good point on there, too. It, it could totally be that he was just wearing turfs and he didn't have his cleats on and he couldn't dig in. But if that's the case, that's very stupid for whoever let him do that because he should not be wearing shoes that will allow for slipping or recovering from that. It's like the worst thing you could do. But uh, no, it just seemed it seemed very top heavy, meaning he was holding his arms up higher. He was standing up taller. He wasn't getting down. Uh, he wasn't planting his foot at the end. And that didn't make me feel great. Um, but there, other than that, there's nothing about his recovery that seems out of the ordinary. Everything everything should seems pretty standard at this point. And um, one of the biggest things I have, uh, I'm wondering what they'll do with, is where they're going to play him defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, having, having played outfield and second base, coming off of a hamstring strain in either of those positions, I was always much more nervous being in the outfield for those long sustained runs. Um, I found personally that it was a little easier to do side to side movement, the lateral quickness, and I could kind of manage it better at second base. But if I was in the outfield managing or coming off of a hamstring strain, I was just worried every single pitch. And I'd rather see him come back to second base. That would make me feel a little bit more confident with him. That'd be actually something to, to monitor now, just to see mm-hmm. where he goes back. Derek, do you feel the same as Nick? Are are you concerned that he might be coming back too soon, or that there could be some complications with this, or are you confident that the rest of the season outlook could be what we saw before he got hurt? No, yeah, I think I, I'm not concerned um, that he's coming back too soon. Uh, one thing that is, you know, we are seeing this increase in in, in hamstring injuries this year, um, upper leg injuries. Uh, and there has been some research that's talked about um, that that is the most likely injury um, for repeat. That's the most likely injury to lead to recurrence. Uh, and and it's the most common hitter injury uh, is the hamstring injury. So, you know, you just worry about it recurring. Um, he's, you know, pretty much in line. You know, there's a there's a good range for recovery times for hamstring. He's a little bit past average, if you will. But that includes guys who have super mild stuff and maybe only require, you know, 10 days because they just tweaked it instead of. Uh, you know, need the full time. So no, I'm not. I'm not overly concerned. I would love it if he was in the. I agree. I would love it if he was in the infield. Just let's take the risk level down some, um, at least for the hamstring. And they have the flexibility flexibility to do that. They've got different guys that play at different places. So I, I think that that would, you know, I would hope for that as well. Well, hopefully positivity looking out uh, for Catal Marte there. Cheesecake. Who's the last guy that you'd like to ask uh, both these gentlemen about going forward? 
Well, I want to I want to talk about another pitcher. I'm I'm three for three on pitchers, but uh, you know, pitching's tough this year. Uh, Cookie Carrasco originally had a six to eight week timeline on a torn right hamstring. Got changed on May six from the ten day to the sixty day IL, which means it's going to be at least eleven weeks now uh, on the IL. So his timeline is at least three week five to three to five weeks longer than it was initially. Um, so what's our outlook on 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 Cookie uh, Nick? I guess can you talk a little bit about difference between like a torn right hamstring and a, and a less severe and and when when something like this when they extend the timeline, what what might be the might might be the cause? Yeah, initially when they gave that six to eight weeks, I was uh, kind of like Strasburg. I was a little hesitant to believe that, and I wasn't I wasn't all that surprised they went over to the sixty uh, day IL. Um, but the, the biggest thing between a, a tear and, and a, a more mild injury, you'll see, uh, the grade one, grade two, grade three type tears. And even a strain is technically a small tear. So when, when you're talking that he strained his hamstring, it's a partial tear of some of the muscle fibers. It's just the extent of how many fibers are torn and, uh, how much, and if it's a bad one, you'll see bruising appear too. And it's that literally blood coming from the tear of the muscle fibers. Um, so determining just how bad it was, the only thing we can really rely on is whether they give us a, a grade number for it, one, two, or three. And I don't remember specifically if they did have a grade number along with it. Yeah, they did. Um, it was a grade okay. one. Okay. So yeah, grade one... That's that does seem like it would be more towards that lower end, the eight weeks. Um, and not that this is something that we can totally speculate on, but having recovered from cancer just a year or slightly over a year ago, uh, his body is certainly still recovering from that. And maybe a normal body that hadn't just gone through that would have recovered in the expected amount of time. But it's entirely possible that he's just taken a little bit more time. His body just takes a longer bit of time to process that recovery and get all the nutrients his body needs to that specific area. There shouldn't be anything affecting him long term. And it's not anything, I'm certainly not any less confident about him than I was a few weeks ago. Hmm. Um, but if I had to guess, it's, I mean, it's totally possible that just that recovery, his body could be kind of worn out from all this recovering and it's just taking a little longer. And I would say as if you're somebody who had Carrasco drafted him either before he got hurt or just took the chance after he got hurt, I don't think this is a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. um, make sure he's fully healthy, give him plenty of time to get ramped all the way back up so he can hit the ground running. He's going to have plenty of rehab starts. Like, you know, like if I'm somebody who owns, I think you have a better chance of getting a healthy rest of the season from him because they are giving him this long to recover. Uh, and so like, you know, Carrasco is a guy who's had a lot of different little things that have gone on. He's had some elbow issues. Sorry. They're vacuuming. <laughs> don't worry, don't I was don't actually worry. about to uh, yell. I was about to yell at Eric and I was be like, Eric, you, you're damn microphone. No, sorry. But yeah, like, so I, I'm, I'm good with this. I think this is not a bad thing. Well, that's good. Agreed. Uh, Doc, I apologize. Apology not accepted. Go ahead ahead to your last guy, Doc. So I'm sticking with the injury-prone theme here. We're going with Byron Buxton, who has a grade 2 hip strain uh, out multiple weeks. Uh, The last update was a little less than a week ago on May 7th. 
Uh, was playing well before the injury. Uh, a 370, 408, 772, triple slash. Um, unfortunately, not the first injury he's had this year. Right patellar tendonitis in late April. And this is a guy that's only played 60% or more in games in a season only once. So, Derek, do you think this grade two hip strain is something that is going to plague him the rest of the season? Uh, maybe. Um, not, I wouldn't say this hip strain specifically. Um, I was just the fact he's already had a lot of lower body stuff. Like they've, they've like, Hey, we're going to give him some rest. He's got some lower body soreness. He's, um, they've kind of come out and said that a few times. He, I think already had an IL stint before this, uh, also lower body related. So I just worry about his lower body in general. So I don't know that this hip strain necessarily is a, is an issue, but I think it's emblematic of the kind of concerns that to this point we've kind of had with Buxton. He could buck that trend, if you will, at some point, but he hasn't yet. And so until I see him do that, I'm going to be concerned that we're going to see you know, more of these kind of little, you know, nagging kind of, you know, small short term stays. Um, and then you get a few months or maybe, you know, a few weeks and then there's going to be another one. That's kind of just my concern. After his five for five day, I said, sell high. This is the most value you'll get because he's going to get hurt. And uh, like clockwork, it happened, unfortunately. So, Nick, if I was to offer you Cedric Mullins for Byron Buxton straight oh. up, would you do it? That's a good comparison, uh, right? It's a good offer. I think I would. Um, <laughs> and I, I really I don't like making deals like that in general, but I wasn't all that high on Buxton to begin with, um, mainly because he went through a pretty big body type change the last few mm-hmm. years. He put on a lot more muscle, and he's bulked up. He was always this kind of thin, wiry type of guy. And I was with you, though. Like I would, I would have sold high probably even too early after like the first few weeks I'd be trying to move them. And, uh, but I think I would take that because I mean, someone out there is going to be like, he could do it and he could stay healthy and he could be Mike Trout. And which he yeah. could, he it could. Just doesn't feel likely at this point. Yeah. Right, exactly. Chance though. Yeah. There's not much. So you're saying there's a chance. There I mean, is a chance. <laughs> the amount of guys at his age that have had as much time on the IO that he has had, like it, it's not a lot of guys. He's, Coming into this season, he had 204 days in the IL. As you know, like that's a lot. Um, and so you just you, you just worry. I mean, you know, it just doesn't seem like doesn't seem promising. Yeah, I think uh, Byron Buxton being on this list right now that we're talking about him, I'm not shocked. Uh, hopefully, he gets better because I'm a Twins fan, and that would be nice to have him in the lineup. But um, I think at this point, everybody's used to seeing him on their IL or in their IL spot. There's a lot of guys that we didn't get to, but to be honest, uh, we could be here till Christmas if we were talking about all the injuries this year. And you guys have families and can other I pick things one more? Yes, for sure. I want to hear Nick's opinion on Cody Bellinger. Like, does it feel like this is taking? I know we thought it would take a while, but this feels like this is taking longer than I thought it would. Um, I think a big part of this is just he's placed for the Los Angeles Dodgers, really. Like. They can afford to sit him for a little while. I know their record isn't great, but who's really that worried about him? Um, I, I I do think they need to sit him for. I, I don't think they're like holding him back ridiculously long term or more than we should have expected. Because even though he just had a small fracture down there in the fibula, it's still a really it's not something you want to mess around with. Mm. And to pair it up with his uh, his labrum injury last year, the shoulder. Why not let that rest a little bit more too? You know, mm. um, I'm sense. not worried. If I have them, I'm not selling them. I don't have them generally anyway. But uh, 
yeah, I think I think it's appropriate that they're going to try to kind of like we were talking about with Carrasco, just let's let him get healthy. We know where he's going to be playing till October or maybe November for a couple of days, and um, that's I think that's their thought process is let's just let's just get him all the way back. That makes sense. Yeah, well said too, because people with Bellinger, I mean, he was on the list, but yeah, I'm sure Bellingers are wondering what they were supposed to do with him or when he's coming back. So. That's great. We'll, we'll bookmark it there. Uh, I want to get you guys to the fun part of the show. Talked a lot of good injury analysis. Let's start it off with the question of the week. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt oh, yeah. Me. See, I figure since it said don't hurt me, that it would fit the theme <laughs> oh, of the there show. It is. <laughs> so, question of the week. It is, we are uh, a monkey night fight podcast is that is a our official affiliate to the show fastest growing betting site in the united states use promo code triple play and get up to a hundred dollars of your deposit match when you become a new user and use that code remember if you're looking to win big we have the triple play monkey knife fight shows once a week usually out on sundays with our locks to help you win big so make sure you check those out hit me uh, up i won yesterday uh, i don't know if they want to follow you um <laughs> question of the week who is the most recognizable player in Major League Baseball? So the guy that you could walk on the streets, even the casual fan, and they'd be able to recognize that they play baseball. Uh, Nick, you're one of the two guests, so I'm going to go to you first. Is there a guy for you that stands out? Yeah, it came down to two for me, and I really wish it was between a Yankees and a Red Sox player, but it was between a Yankee and a Dodger player, and I went with Mookie Betts. <laughs> um, he's, so he's got both coasts recognizable Boston New York fans are definitely not going to like him so they got there San Francisco San Diego are have been introduced to him now and he's just got a unique face he's always got the little snarl before he goes to hit um my other one I was I was going with was uh Aaron Judge even though he's not playing like we all hoped he might but he's heating up but yeah I think it's Mookie even though I, I wish it was Trout you know um, he's mm-hmm. just, or or Soto, they just I don't know, they're not as as flashy. Maybe when you said yeah. Aaron, I was like, are you really gonna pick your brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was mine. You guys stole it. It's it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you your Aaron's no. wallet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gullible. Uh, but uh, I think Aaron Judge is a good one because he's six seven too. So it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so I think that being that tall yeah. alone, you know, he's probably an athlete uh, with that yeah. frame. They might Derek. think he's Aaron Gordon, though, from the Orlando yeah. Magic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just like him. They look a lot Nick, well, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Gordon has a has a fro now. Oh, oh George has got to get one. Nick, you just blew my mind because that is literally the perfect comparison. How did I never no, really Have you never heard that before, David? No, I'm, my mind is blown right now. <laughs> uh, Derek, who's your guy? Okay, so I w- I'll say who I wanted it to be, but ever since he went to the Yankees, it's not you know, when he, he got traded to the Yankees and it just didn't happen anymore. But I thought, he, like, Andrew McCutcheon used to be that guy for me. Like, because, like, he had the hair and the beard, and he's just, like, like just a you know, athletic-looking dude. He looked like, you know, like, you, 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 you know, and, like, he was, like, a face of, you know, baseball for, for a while. Uh, but ever since when the hair was gone, the beard got shaved off, I'm like, I don't even recognize you. I, I can't right now. Um, so for me, it's Bryce Harper uh, because he's got the hair, uh, he had the big contract, so I feel like it kind of broke into mainstream a little bit when he signs the massive deal. You know, he's played in, in a couple big markets, you know, even if they're not necessarily the biggest baseball markets. Um, you know, he's a dreamy looking guy. 
He's always flipping his helmet off. Like, so I just feel like he's a guy we see a lot of his face. Uh, a lot of times, I don't know, always, we don't always get to see the full face of players, I feel like, you know, uh, but he's a guy you see without his hat on a lot. So I feel like you get the full, the full picture. That's a great one, too. Uh, I think this is a hard question, but those are some great answers to start. Elsie, uh, did they take any of yours? No, I, I uh, my first thought was the guy who just recently retired, and Albert Pujols, someone who mm-hmm. I would definitely recognize straight off. Did he, re- did he retire? Think, well, no, he just got released, yeah. so I, I, I took him off of my consideration. Yeah, he didn't officially retire. Um, so I think cheesecake passing over here. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll announce. His, I'll be the. I'll be the first to announce his retirement before he actually retires. Um, but I did. I did think about um, you know recognizability. The fact that a pitcher is more recognizable because on a on a you see his face more often on the screen when you're watching a game. And to me, the most recognizable pitcher is Clayton Kershaw. He's in the playoffs every year with the Dodgers. He's pitching in big games all the time. He's in. He's won multiple Cy Young awards. Um, now, if he's not wearing a Dodgers hat, I'm not 100% sure I would recognize him. But I think he's also one of these really tall guys who, who you go, that guy looks really familiar. I think I would, I think I would recognize Kershaw on the street and also based upon his, his long career and the fact that he plays for the Dodgers, he's in the playoffs, he's pitching all the time. I think I think he's definitely if he's not the one he's a he's a big contender for it. No, I think that's a good one as well. Um, but part of the question is you have to be able to recognize him without a hat. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean back on pooh holes then. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Doc, what about you? Who's uh? What's your pick? So, as somebody that can identify former players when we did our previous game on, the answer is Bryce Harper. And Derek took the majority of my reasons. This is a highly touted prospect, a guy that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at oh, 17. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. He's, he's played in, in a couple big markets. He has 1.7 million Instagram followers. If you play baseball or you follow it at all, you know who Bryce Harper is. And there's a bunch of girls that I'm looking at that follow him on Instagram that I didn't even know like baseball. And it's because he's attractive. He's a dreamy looking guy. He's a dreamy looking guy. He has the flow. He posts a lot of pictures of food, which people love. So I I think anybody could recognize Bryce Harper with or without his helmet. Can I throw a name in here that you doesn't play anymore but might be the most recognizable on uh, the last 20 years? CC Sabathia? Oh, that's a See, good I would have picked one. like Jeter. If I was going to pick I, a Yankee, like it was it was going to be Jeter if I had to pick one or A-Rod. Like they're like the, like the Yankees guys have been in movies, like they get referenced a lot in like culture, dating celebrities. Like I feel like that really elevates you outside of baseball. I don't More feel like there's copy. really some yeah. I don't feel like there's somebody doing that right now in baseball. Really, I um I know some of the comments don't always go through, but I, I saw someone ask what the question was. The question is who is the most recognizable MLB player uh, right now that's playing? Because people are like Mike Trout. Uh, they know who he is, but they don't know what he looks like if you pass him on the street. I, he just probably looks like a bodybuilder, right? Like yeah. He's yeah. Just like, <laughs> Brian Erlacher. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it, it's, I wish, I mean, I think baseball's doing a better job of marketing their guys so that people can recognize them, but uh, it's still definitely a struggle for sure. Um, but let's move to the last part of the show, and that's going to be our game of the week. All right. Our game of the week. I'm hosting it this week, and we got who we play for. So I have a list of ten guys 
that every single one of them has at least 20 at-bats this year. Uh, so you have to tell me what team that person plays for. Is that simple enough? Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, a lot of times when Cheesecake hosts, he uh, goes on like a five-minute ramble about it. So I want to make sure it's clear, concise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so it should be fun. Whoever has the most points after Trevor Bauer. <laughs> you mean boy. You meanie. Max uh, so, <laughs> so what we'll do, I'll start with Nick, then Derek, then Cheesecake, then Doc, then Derek will start the next one. Uh little uh player advice here. If you know the answer, don't act so confident because then everybody else is gonna <laughs> guess the same thing. So the gamesmanship aspect here. Yeah, poker face. Yeah. All right. That's why I have my camera off so you guys can see. Uh, uh, Derek, <laughs> smart. Derek, very smart. Long con. Uh, I'm just copying you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, unless someone got released since yesterday, these are their active teams. So first one, Gerard Dyson. Nick, who he play for? Oh, I just saw one of his at-bats the other day. Um, it's probably a bit of a guess. I'm going to go with very little confidence. I'll say the Brewers. Brewers. Appreciate Open Bar checking it out. We got Cubby Nolan in the house. Uh, I love Cubby Nolan. Derek, what do you think? I have even less confidence, and I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Pirates. Cheesecake? Diamondbacks? Doc? I initially thought the Brewers as well. Um, but I'm going to go Diamondbacks. The answer is Globetrotters. Just kidding. <laughs> it is the Kansas City Royals. Oh, Kansas uh, City. Well, that makes, that sense. makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> Our next guy, we'll start with Derek for this one. Ben Gamble. Chicago Cub. I don't think that's right, but I know I've seen him play, but I'm going to say Chicago Cub. Cheesecake. Pittsburgh Pirates. Doc. The Brewers. <laughs> I'm also going Pirates. We got Nick and Elsie on the board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nice job with that. And Dave's playing too. Dave, you can play too. We'll, uh, <laughs> there he is. Dave's got one in there. All right. I'm taking my comments down. <laughs> taking my comments down. Yeah, same. All right. Next guy we have. Starting with you, Elsie. Jake Lamb. White Sox. Doc? Jeez, I feel so bad. I don't know any of these. You found your worst game. That's true. Um, I'm going to go White Sox. I'm copying LC. Mm. Nick? White Sox. I'm annoyed. This is the first one I knew. Like, <laughs> 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 Pretty sure he homered today, but yeah, White Sox. And Dave says the Wow Sox. But just kidding. He, said, he added the white in there. So Dave gets the point. LC gets the point. <laughs> Derek gets the point. I think Nick did. Nick, did you say White Sox too? Yeah. We all said White Sox. No, you, uh, yeah, that's why you copy LC. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I right, everybody gets a point for that one. Uh, Nick, Dave, and Cheesecake are in the lead by one after three. Number four, starting with you, Doc. Phil Gosselin. Oh, 
Um, I'm going to go the Twins. Nick? I'm going to go with the team I haven't seen any of this year because I have no idea. I'll go Rockies. Derek, what are you thinking? I also think he is a twin. <laughs> uh, I'll put this on the screen just because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you think? He was with the Phillies last season, so I think I'm going to go Phillies. The answer is the Los Angeles Angels. That's wow. Weird. You made that up. That can't be true. <laughs> <It's> not real. <laughs> I was shocked. I looked at it yesterday. I was like, wow. <laughs> he, I guess he barely plays, but he's there. Um, next guy. We're back, starting with Nick. Jordy Mercer. Hmm. You know, I have a pair of his Nike Turfs. Because my co- my cousin's husband played college or high school ball with him, and I worked out with him once. <laughs> nice. So the pressure's on to get this answer. Yeah, but, yeah I was going to say, well, you got to get this right. The last I remember, I think he was with the Tigers. So I'm going to go Tigers. Not Derek? He feels like he should be a pirate, even if he, I don't know if he is or isn't, but he feels like he should. So I'm going to go Pirates. Cheesecake? Oh my gosh. Uh, Royals. did a fantastic job <laughs> Dave's taking the L for this one she's oh, not what about you you already said pirates and you already said royals I don't think it would be a David thing to to do it the same one twice I'm gonna go with the Mariners the answer is the Washington Nationals. Oh, wow. that's right. They have the whole Pittsburgh infield of like 2016 <laughs> right now. <laughs> They're a little oh. late to the party now, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think they this even... Tough. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. Car Washington. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> Car Washington. That yeah. worked out. Uh, next guy we have is Alan Trejo, starting with Derek. Can you spell that name? T R E J O. Trey. Okay. Uh, Can you say the origin? <laughs> Look it up. Um, uh, Texas Rangers. Cheesecake. Marlins. Doc. Marlins sounds right. You're just riding his coattails, I see. Oh, hell yeah. Nick. <laughs> I'll go Diamondbacks. I don't know. I'm going to shine a, a light on Mr. Dave McDonald because he oh, got wow. it. It is Colorado. Oh, oh. Colorado Rockies. I had no idea I, who that was. <laughs> no. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of math involved with keeping track of race score. I think Dave took is tied with LC now and with uh, Nick. Oh, Dave, Dave's ahead of me. I have two, I think. Dave has three. Nick and Art have two. Me and Derek have one. I'm not. Okay, I'm playing you. the game and I'm keeping score, David. Thank, thank you, thank you. It's a lot. <laughs> maybe so maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to stop keeping score. I said, start padding our stats. Let's go. Let's. I uh, know. Right, next embarrassing. The next guy, I didn't know who he was until yesterday, uh, and then I actually saw him in the lineup. Good so this is Chaz McCormick. Astros. Doc? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I thought he put the answer. That's my fault. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Astros. I, I do think that is right. I'm going with Astros as well. 
Dang it, another one. <laughs> Apparently, I only know the easy ones. Uh, also, Astros and has a great uh, headshot picture on like NF. It's like this like very preppy looking headshot picture, uh, like <laughs> on, on baseball sites. Yeah, Dave's on it. Houston, Chaz Clark, a great, great frat president. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so he we have homework today too. I think. He's homered no. in back-to-back days. I don't remember yesterday. Oh, no, that must be yesterday. I mean, fake news. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we got the last three. This one's a name for you guys. Scott Shebler. Oh, my gosh. I oh. did see this the other day. I did not oh. know he was in baseball still. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I can't believe I... I'm going to go Mariners. Mariners. He, seems, he seems like a Cincinnati Red to me. I don't know why. That's, That's a good guess. Yeah. Um, I will say <laughs> Marlins. And Elsie? So we got Mariners, Marlins, and Nick guess the uh, Reds. The Reds. I know I know he was on the Reds. <laughs> ah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he was on the Reds. I don't Damn. know if that that Indians. My guess. I, I agree, Cubby. No, I agree. <laughs> Dave's guess in Atlanta. The answer is the Los Angeles Angels. I double dipped. Oh, oh no. Oh, the you bad store called. They're running out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. I remember Scott Shevler a game like two years ago. He dropped a fly ball in the outfield. And then the next one came, and he was using the glove to protect himself <laughs> from the sunlight. And Billy Hamilton just runs like 120 feet and makes a diving catch. Oh, like I that remember that. You can't find it. And I think he got benched for like the next three days after. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, we got two guys left. Our first one is Austin Dean. Who do you play for? Who do you play for? I think uh, we're back to Nick now. I'm going to go with uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Derek. St. Louis Cardinals is also my guy. LC. Should I jump on the bandwagon? Mm. Um, oh, my God. I'm going to go Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Doc? We've had a lot of Marlins guesses and no confirmed Marlins players. And this is going to be it. Marlins. That was my <laughs> second guess for the record. Marlins was, I was, I was flip-flopping between those two. It's the Cardinals. Dave guessed the Cardinals. And Nick and uh, Derek guessed the Cardinals. That is the correct answer. It is the uh, Louis Cardinals. I should have jumped on this. Uh, that means he'll be a Marlin in like a year, right? <laughs> yep. like, isn't, that the, isn't that the path? Like, or he was a Marlin. Or a Ray, yeah. What was it, yeah. We got our last guy here, and that is Matt Joyce. Derek. Um, that smells like a tiger. <laughs> what does a tiger smell like? Matt Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Mediocrity. LC. Uh, Rangers. Rangers. I'll go Oakland A's. You guys were so quick, I don't know. Dave didn't get the answer, and I'll let Dave put his answer in the chat. But you guys are all 
Dun, 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 Wrong. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we can't all right. Everyone's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I had to stall for you to get your answer in. There we go. He says, Dave says, Oakland. The answer is the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, no one gets that one. Uh, I believe Nick Dave, is the winner. Well, Dave is the real winner. <laughs> Nick, Nick won among the people on the screen. Yeah. So, you know what? Th- this round of applause is then it's going to be for Nick and for Dave. The winners for the show. <laughs> no, Dave, we watched you to play. That was fun. I'm glad you got to hang with us. Every- I you are the uh, bad because we waited for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Uh, well, Nick, I'll let you go first signing out here because you won the game. But uh, for both of you guys, it was a total blast having you both on the show. Uh, the information you guys gave us and our listeners tonight was truly special. And just we really appreciate you guys joining us. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Um, always open to talk injuries with you guys or any, any baseball stuff. and. I want to give a really, really quick honorable mention to last week's question of the week of who can, who has the highest alcohol tolerance probably <laughs> in the MLB. Um, and I'm going to, you might be surprised, but don't sleep on Chris Sale. Um, I had a few buddies who I played college summer ball with who went to Florida Gulf Coast and they talked to the alumni who went there and he went there and there were some like Wade Boggs type stories, like cases on cases of beers and like, you would never guess it since he's like a stick, but that guy confirmed can can go at it. Does your we brother have a high alcohol tolerance who can drink more? <laughs> I've only seen him finish like three sips of one rum and coke in like his entire life. <laughs> oh so man, he's, so you got he's, him. You got he's him. extremely <laughs> disciplined. Like I, I I don't even remember the. It might have been like three years ago the last time I saw him take one sip of alcohol. So I don't even know. All right, if he throws a no-hitter, we're all taking shots, sounds like. I'll I'll be doing that anyway. So. <laughs> all right. Tomorrow I'm night. Uh, I'll be ready. So Chris Sale would be good. I, we should have mixed the uh, questions of the week. So that's good to know. So now I know. It's just good ever, to know, yeah. Yes, I like it. Uh, Derek, you as well, thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Had a blast. Uh, always always uh, fun to talk injuries, even if injuries aren't necessarily fun. Uh uh, so yeah, really enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on. Derek, is there anything and, and Nick as well after Derek that you guys would like to plug just so everybody can, you know, where to find you on Twitter and any work that you're doing right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm always on Twitter, uh, at DRHOA3. Um, you know, I'll post, uh, injury visualization, injury visualizations, updates, um, kind of trends that I'm seeing. I'll post about best ball stuff over at baseball perspectives. We're definitely keeping an eye on the trends for the season and we're putting some stuff up there. So if you're a subscriber over there, definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, so that's where you can find me. And Nick, what about you? Yeah. Um, I'm mostly just on Twitter all the time too. I don't have too much else going on other than fan tracks articles and Twitter and they all get posted through Twitter. I just had to go on to check what my uh, my handle was real quick, but it's it's Nico Siva N I C O C I V A, followed by the number one. Uh, uh, every two weeks, injury reports come out, and uh, I'm going to try to mix in some other articles about just general ideas about what Tommy John surgery is, maybe strange versus strange, just general stuff that we we end up talking about a lot, and uh, try to get that information out to everybody. Again. You don't have to hear it from me if you already are drunk. Derek's one of the smartest guys on Twitter. Uh, 
And so is Nick. Both guys are incredibly knowledgeable, super friendly and engaging. Make sure you're following both if you are not already. Next week, I'm going to be off. I haven't missed a show for over a year, so I'm going to take a mental break next week. Doc and Cheesecake are going to hold it down with Triple Play members Marty Tallman and Christian Mack of Between the Seams. So they'll have a fun show planned for you guys. Until then, everybody, be safe. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul buns. Catch you guys later. you got to get a new one, David. You've used that a lot.